Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's it. Fixer Pick that one out. Welcome to Everton Football Club, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Right, hello everybody and welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. And yet, it's one of those horrendous international weeks uh, where there's no proper football going on. So we're having to think of different topics to discuss. Uh, We've got Phil Kirkbride on his way across to Sheffield uh, to watch the under-21s. He's not with us today. We've got Adam Jones and Chris Beasley. And we're going to, um, myself, Dave Prentiss, and we're going to channel our inner Steve Walsh this afternoon and uh, decide... Don't say that. Decide, you know, so who... Maybe not who should be arriving at Everton in the summer, but uh, you know who should be leaving. Um, if you're a regular visitor to our website, you'll have noticed that um, we had a keep or sell story up this week, uh, where supporters were given the opportunity to swipe right if you wanted to keep a player, swipe left if you wanted to sell him, or the other way around. Obviously, you can tell I don't use Tinder. Um, but and some, I would say, it's maybe not surprising results, but some, you know, sort of eyebrow raises. So if we go straight down to the bottom end and uh, the players that were least popular amongst their supporters and the players that you know most supporters wanted to see moved on this summer. Rock bottom of the pile, don't think there'll be any eyebrows raised there and just as well that Tony Scott's not with us today because it's Kevin Morales. Uh, I think only 5.9% of Evertonians want to keep him this summer. Um, is that fair? Has he outlived his usefulness? Do you think the time is right for Everton and Kevin Morales to part company? Christian. Um, yeah. Kevin Morales is a, is an interesting one because when he first came to Everton, such an exciting player, he's very direct, he's always been like that, hasn't he? He was very um focused. Whenever he'd get the ball he'd try and get towards goal um, as quickly as possible and that's always been the way with Kevin Morales. And to be fair in those early years he was quite effective at that, you yeah. know, some decent numbers. But I think um last co- couple of years, um, once he's lost that kind of effectiveness, the fact that you know, he can be quite a temperamental um, character at times. I would think he had, um, it was surprising last year that he got, got he was given this new contract uh, seemingly at the 11th hour, but I, I think that um, his time at Everton is done now. Announced at the Dixies, I believe, by yeah. Mr Kenwright with a little dig at the Echo, <laughs> saying the Echo might not think he's, uh, he's worth a contract, but we do. Um, I want to say we told you so. Well, no, I mean, he's not had a great little spell for the last 18 months or so. And I believe since he's been on loan at Olympiacos, um, he's not exactly torn up trees and yeah. he's lost his place over there as well. Uh, do you see any light for him, uh, Adam, or is he, uh, no, have we seen the best of him? No, I, I completely agree with you, lads. I think yeah. the, the overriding feeling for Kevin Morales over the course of his Everton career for me is just one of frustration. Yeah. Like, it's obvious that there is a bag of talent there yeah. but we've just not been able to harness that talent for a consistent enough amount of time and that's why he's been in and out of the side so much like he, there's been questions over his commitment like he's flirted with I think he flirted with Tottenham for a little yeah, while yeah. a few seasons ago didn't he can I mean, you imagine Tottenham taking him now that seems outrageous doesn't it yeah, yeah, right. so, yeah I, I'd be surprised if we kept him 
beyond the summer. He's still got two years left on this new deal. We can we can cash in. Yeah. Try try and look for someone else. So we've all swiped left on Kevin Morales. Um, the next one, again, maybe not too many people surprised, um, is Ashley Williams, who I, I can't say it's divided opinion this season because the opinion has largely been in the uh, in the negative camp. Seven point one percent of Evertonians wanted to keep him; the rest wanted him to leave. Um, he's not had a great season. I mean, I believe it was the uh, the Wales supporters who were on his case this week after his uh, inability to track uh, Cavani uh, for the the Uruguay goal. Um, I've got. I'm going to try and play devil's advocate here because you know I have seen some signs you know that Williams might have some degree of usefulness for Everton. Largely when he's partnering Mason Holgate, the pair of them look like a partnership. They look like they play okay together. But I totally accept that you know his pace has gone. He defends far too deep as a result, and when he's asked to defend up the pitch like he was in midweek against Uruguay, he can get caught on his heels. But he's got experience. You know maybe. Um, a player to you know work with the younger players on the training pitch, bring them through. I'm trying to convince myself people are failing miserably. Uh, come on, help me out, yeah. uh, Ashley Williams. Anybody see any uh, any light for him? Yes, I certainly don't think, given his the position that he plays, it's as, as clear cut as Morales, who is you know a, now a winger, 30 plus centre back. Williams at 33 um, shouldn't necessarily be be finished. He's still two years younger than Jagielka. Um, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though yeah. I would argue that Phil Jagielka is considerably quicker than him. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah um, he was one of those players who signed under Cumin. It was almost like um, Everton are signing players for right now, but yeah. unfortunately, it would seem that he he had peaked at that point. Yeah. He played great for Wales in the Euros, the, the hero of the hour for them there, and almost like his best years are, are behind him now. Um, at Swansea City I think if he was willing to accept a squad role not playing all of the time I don't think there's necessarily time to get rid of him just yet but I wouldn't want him necessarily being one of the first two choice centre-backs for next season mm. Is there any arguments as well that you know partnerships you know sort of work in central defence and that Williams and Holgate one looked you know as effective as any this season but I suppose when you brought a player like Michael Keane in you know for a significant sum of money you're going to have to play him um, Phil Jagielka I'm still a huge fan of you know I still think you know worryingly he's our most effective centre-back um, but you know if Williams is used you know with Holgate is is there a future for well, him? Well, I think, I think you're right. The, the the time that Williams looked best is when, you know, we had the end of David Unsworth's caretaker reign. Sam Allardyce just yeah. took over. We had that like almost makeshift back four, really, with mm. a right back playing at left back <laughs> and two youngsters in with Williams. And I think yeah. Williams really led that defence yeah. really well. He had, he had to he had to try and organise them as much as he possibly could yeah. because all of them were so inexperienced at what they were doing really and I think he was really good at that it's just that when when the chopping and changing has happened yeah. he's, he's just really not adapted to it and I think that Burnley performance for me was just indicative yeah. of a player who just doesn't look comfortable at this level anymore Does, does a player's pace just go overnight as well? I mean it's is there obvious signs that you know his, his pace has gone or are we just reading too much into it? I, think I can't think of him being outpaced, for example. I, th- I, think, I think it's down to the fact that he doesn't read the game well enough. Yeah. Like, there's far too often that he'll be caught like too far up the pitch, or he'll be dropping far too, far too much back. I think yeah. maybe where we're looking at pace, like Jagielka's just his positional game is just so much better. Yeah, yeah. I think he deals with 
that he's dealt with that transition into an, being an experienced player a lot better than yeah. Williams has. Maybe Williams still thinks he's this yeah. player in the prime of his career. Kind of, kind of yeah. I think he needs to try and bin off that now. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that really you know winds me up a little bit nowadays as well about uh, is it modern football is it the modern setup but but the absence of centre halves that will give you half a dozen goals a season from set pieces I mean obviously we're not talking the Derek Manfield you know sort of 10 12 goals in a season because that was just absolutely incredible that was unique but you know Everton I've had you know consistently in the past you know centre halves who will, you know, occasionally chase upfield and, you know, to make themselves, you know, influential as set pieces. And I always thought Williams had the opportunity to do that. And he's done it once or twice, you know, we can remember Arsenal, we can remember Leon, but there haven't been many. Phil Jagielka uh, has never really done it. I think Funes Mori. Funes Mori, that's a good shout, yeah. Before he got yeah. injured, yeah. chipped in with a few goals. You know, yeah. Apart from that, the last one I can remember really is Lescott. But is that right? Are we lacking a player like that? Or at modern football change, is that just not so much a significant issue anymore? Well, it, I suppose it, it depends on it. You get a bit of confidence. I think Phil Jagielka going on an incredible run a That's couple right, of seasons yeah. ago. You know, when <laughs> he has increasingly <laughs> bad celebrations. Yeah. So yeah, maybe once you nick one, I mean, uh, yeah. a few more follow. But what annoys me with Williams is almost like... Uh, the leadership angle, um, that Leon goal you mentioned, he, he had to get really angry just to, yeah. to do that, and then that obviously sparked all those unsavory, unsavory scenes in the stands, and then yeah. that awful moment with the supporter, yeah. and then again at Burnley, it was just it just ridiculous to do that under the nose of the referee, you know, as, yeah. as captain on the day for Everton, you know, you expect a lot more from a leadership side with Williams. He's Wales national captain, as we've, yeah. as we've said several times. So, yeah, as for the goals. I mean, I suppose it, it, it's an added bonus, but I mean, Michael Keane too. You'd hope he'd, he'd be the sort of centre back who'd yeah. chip him with a couple. Um, he's, he's had a couple of chances. I know he, he scored against um, Hadjuk Split very early on in the season, yeah. but he's had a couple of chances, and you hope that perhaps he could have done a bit better. Yeah, you convinced me. Uh, Ashley Williams, swipe left. He's on his way this summer. <laughs> uh, before we go to the next on the uh, in the bottom of the table list, I'm going to go right to the top end, and uh, the two players that probably won't surprise anybody that Evertonians most want to keep. Uh, Seamus Coleman, uh, top of the pile, 98.8%. Who are the other 1.2 that want him to go? <laughs> and then uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, 97.6%. Uh, you know, again, I would have thought that would be 100%. Uh, but you know, those two are the future, clearly. I know Coleman is you know, advanced in years now, but you know, he's still an experienced individual with lots uh, of miles left in the tank. Sigurdsson, for me, has been you know, one of the standouts in a very, very disappointing season. No uh, issues with either of those two. I think, I think it's not even just the quality of player that they are. It's the it's the way that they go about themselves. Isn't yeah. it? Like it's it's almost the anti Morales. Yeah. The way they go they go about the game. They put hundred percent effort in all the time. Like even if they're not having a good game, you can see they're at least. Yeah given their all for the team and that's what Everton fans want to see and in and Sigurdsson's case when he's being played out of position you know, exactly, clearly yeah. he's not happy playing you know, on the left but he gets on with it and puts in an incredible shift while he's doing it yeah. but what I loved about, well I've loved an awful lot about him this season his creativity and his goal scoring has been tremendous but I loved that like backhanded compliment that Jurgen Klopp gave him after the goal at Anfield when he talked about the break that Everton made 
and he said, and then the finish, well, you know, so the finish is you know, a difficult one for any other player, but for Gilfie Sigurdsson, he made it look easy. And you could tell he was like quite frustrated yeah. that it had fallen to a player of his quality. Mm. And he does, he makes difficult stuff look easy. And he, I, I like him a lot. And I think, you know, the kind of player that we should be looking to build the team around uh, going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, club record signing, it's been something we've been saying all season, getting playing in his, his best position. He should definitely be trying to build a team round him and, and then going back to Seamus Coleman yeah. um, just I don't think there's another player like him um, just in the way that so many players now are uh, academy schooled they all play the same way it's quite you know an effective but almost sanitised way of playing football whereas Coleman just plays off the cuff yeah. because he's got that that rawness about him and just a different way of playing and we saw he was so like coming yeah, through from Slago yeah. Yeah. yeah he's just so unique in that respect and I know I think it's been mentioned in other pods when we were talking about Everton players from the Premier League era who would have a genuine case to be in the all-time 11 and I think Gavin Buckland argued that there would only be Baines and Coleman you could put a credible case of the current squad yeah, at, well, yeah. Out of the entire Premier yeah. League era to be in yeah. an Everton all-time 11 for their position and right. I think I know obviously the full-back game has um, been revolutionised compared yeah. to what it was in past eras you know where full-backs necessarily wouldn't cross the halfway line so he's dismissing World Cup winner Ray Wilson yeah. for Leighton Vane's mm, interesting no I think Gavin's <laughs> actually going the, yeah. the other way round but he's, he's yeah. saying that, you, know, you could put a credible case for, for Baines and Coleman and yeah, um, yeah Coleman any injury fears people had after his long layoff I mean when they saw his comeback game was it Leicester City was yeah. it and yeah. just the way he was like bombing down the wing in the, in the last minute okay he'd be playing a lot on adrenaline that night yeah, but yeah. you know he, 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 he still very much got it and um, a terrific engine on him absolutely but while we're still on the, other, the top end of the table um, third place was Garner Gay 96.8% you know so I think he should be kept and I think it's an interesting one that because I've had a, a bit of correspondence on Twitter and I know Twitter isn't always the home of the most rational arguments but this guy you know so at a point and uh, we were talking about Garner Gay and you know what he can bring to Everton and he thinks he's been very very disappointing this season and uh, has barely a handful of good performances is the guy fair is he on his case a bit too readily there I wouldn't say disappointing performances yeah. like, I think maybe maybe looking at the such such a high base that he set himself last season from yeah. such low expectations when we signed him. I think may, maybe he's not performed as well as he has last season, but yeah. let's be honest, he has <laughs> for Everton this season. I think when you're looking at the balance of this this just this season in general, I think I think Tristan Gay's been quite easily one of our better players. Like, yeah, we. we we definitely miss him when he's not there. I, I agree in that respect. I suppose it depends on what kind of team you want to be and how ambitious you're going to be. Again, playing devil's advocate here because I, I quite like Gay as a player. But all that he brings to the team is, you know, a destructive element. He's, you know, the guy that you know breaks up tackle, breaks up attacks. You know, so wins the ball, uses it quite simply. But his use of the ball isn't that effective, and you know, his finishing is abysmal. You know, so he's shooting down the top end. He's you know, if you're looking at the absolute prime in that position, you know, you can tell your messages. I still think he's got quite a bit to do uh, to get to that. And it's, you know, how ambitious do you want to be as a football club? I would, I would argue that, you know, there, there is better out there than a disagree. But at this moment in time, you know, he has been, you know, one of our better players. I think he's been a victim of um, those around him, perhaps letting him down. He built up a really effective partnership, second half of last season with Morgan Schneider, and it looked yeah. like this was a really solid base for Everton to be going forward for yeah. the current season. And obviously, Schneiderlin's 
form has been uh, underwhelming to say the least this season yeah. and then he's had all kinds of different partners and systems yeah. around him so he's probably a bit unfair on that's the, fair, yeah. 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 alright well you've mentioned him so uh, we'll head back down to the bottom of the table again <laughs> and again third from bottom won't surprise anybody Morgan Schneiderlin only 16.6% of Evertonians uh, want to keep him I'm going to argue against this, not because I'm being bloody-minded and trying to deliberately provoke uh, <laughs> arguments, but just as Chris said there, when he arrived at the club in January last year, um, for three or four months, if the season had been a full season, he'd have been player of the year, absolutely convinced. Uh, as it was, you know, he was definitely the standout performer in the second half of the season. Quite why it's gone pear-shaped for him, I don't know. This season he has been dreadful. His attitude has been sorely lacking. Um, but I just think that a manager with good man management abilities, I think they could, you know, sort of get that out of him again. And this is a guy that was signed by Man United only like two years ago. You know, he's like one of Southampton standout players. Or are we going to give up on him because he's had an awful six months? But isn't that exactly the point, though? Aren't we seeing exactly what happened to him at Manchester United? Like he went to Man United and starting for them, playing well for them, and then we just remember his Man United career as being left on the sidelines. Yeah. They, they complained about his attitude not being all right and it, it just seemed completely different when he signed for Everton but maybe we're, yeah. maybe we're seeing the Man United the real Morgan now yeah. I think one of the worst performances I've seen this season was West Brom at home yeah. he, was a, he was a complete passenger in that game like I've said like I said on the podcast like just after that game like he, he didn't make tackles yeah. he, didn't, he didn't distribute the ball he didn't make any interceptions I didn't. I didn't see what he was. He was just yeah. another body on the pitch, and it's been far too often that he'd been like that this season. He, 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 one of the only notable things he's done is get sent off. <laughs> yeah. uh, frequently. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. There's the Arsenal. Was it the Arsenal game where the gif was doing the rounds as well of him? You know, so actually failing to you know sort of close down. Yeah. yeah. One of one of the many goals they pinged in that day. Yeah. No, I mean I was trying to play devil's advocate to a degree, but I, I still think there is. You know, a player in there, and maybe should we give up just after six months? I don't know. I think maybe it's a little bit too premature for that. Um, the problem we've had is that um, he's failed largely under three different managers yeah. this season. Yeah, you mentioned quite like you know, if, if somebody can coax the best out of him, but yeah. didn't do it under Coombe in the season, didn't do it under if didn't do it under Sam Allardyce. So, yeah. is, is it going to be Big Sam? Is it going to be somebody else? I don't know, but like. It'll be a fourth manager trying to get the best out. Fair, fair, yeah. And one of those managers he's spectacularly disrespected with his, uh, you know, walking off the training ground antics. So yeah, all right, we're swiping left. Uh, <laughs> not, not keeping very many here, are we? All right, this one will divide opinion as well because uh, this is the the fourth from the bottom of the uh, the keep list. Seventeen and a half percent of Evertonians want to keep Cuco Martina. Um, Sam Allardyce has talked him up quite significantly talked about uh, you know, the solidity he brought to Everton in a very unfamiliar position uh, at a time of the season when the club's appalling transfer strategy meant that there was nobody else they could cover. Um, I would argue that he did okay as well. Um, you know, not absolutely top class. You know, once he crossed the halfway line, he got a nosebleed, but you know, defensively he was okay. Although, towards the end of that little spell, he was uh, clipping a couple of crosses in for <laughs> goals. Uh, you two got massive downers on Cuco Martina, or do you, uh, do you think we could... You know, I, I feel bad for Kuko. Yeah. I, I do. Like, I, th- I think people people far too easily fall under this assumption that right back and left back are two very similar positions, yeah. and they're just not. Yeah. Like, the ability to go from 
being a right back to being a left back is very tough. And yeah, Kuka Marti, you know, wasn't great at it, wasn't yeah. exactly pulling up trees. But and since Leighton Baines has now come back, we're now seeing like the difference in quality oh, sure, sure that, they, cheers, yeah. that they process. Yeah. But as a as a backup right back, I don't I don't see Kuka Marti, you know, as a particularly bad option. Uh, no, I suppose the argument is that then negates John Joe Kenny's, you know, opportunities, you know, so well, he's effectively a third choice right back well, now, isn't he? You can, yeah. can have three right backs yeah. though. Like we the end of the day we signed him on a free yeah, like, yeah. He, he, can, he can definitely be third choice get some cup games be some injury cover yeah. like, I, 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 don't, I don't see where the problem would lie there for me yeah sure yeah. it seems a bit harsh like Adam said the fact he's brought in on a Bosman free transfer and um, having to operate as the first choice left back at a time because there was no, no other options um, yeah. seen, we've seen the quality of Baines when, when he came back and what, what a great player he is but if we flip it flip it around um, Cuco Martini put in two assists on his left foot could you ever imagine Leighton Baines having to play right back and pinging a couple <laughs> in on his right foot <laughs> fair enough fair, yeah. I yeah. think that fair dues to yeah. Cuco there yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think we're urging to a swipe right finally and a, a keeping Cuckoo Martina. Ooh. Right, back down to the uh, the top of the table. And this one, uh, I don't know why it surprised me, um, but you know, fourth on the list of the player that you know, so most Evertonians want to keep with a resounding 96.5% Adamola Luckman. And again, you know, that indicates, I suppose, you know, the frustration a lot of Evertonians felt, uh, you know, the fact that he went out on loan in January, the fact that maybe he wasn't given more opportunities uh, to shine. Um, but you know, Emerson fans clearly want him to succeed, and clearly we can see a play there, can't we? You know, the, the lad's got talent, and mm. you know, hopefully he will get more opportunities next season. Mm. We're all going to say we want to keep him because you'd be foolish not to. Yeah. Um, but was Allardyce right not to use him more, uh, and you know, effectively, I wouldn't say force that move to Leipzig. You know, the lad just wanted to play football, but you know, he'd not long made that little mazy dribble at Anfield and helped create that goal. Mm. Should we have seen more of him in the uh, yeah. in the last few months before his departure? Yeah, I think that game at Anfield is like the resounding issue, really, isn't it? We saw we saw the quality that Luckman yeah. possesses. Like it was just a few weeks earlier that he'd uh, scored those two goals away to Liverpool yeah. as well, like, and turned uh, the game against Watford. That three-two home defeat that turned when he came. I say three-two victory turned when he came on. Exactly, yeah. like, he's a fantastic option yeah. to have and. When when we've sent him out on loan, we haven't got that kind of player anymore. Really, yeah. he's so he's so exciting. He's so quick. He's so direct. He's got a he's got a good finish on him. Yeah. He, I, don't know, I, I I personally wouldn't have sent him out on loan if it, if it was up to me. I think he could have been a massively useful player for us. Like, like look at the look at the Watford yeah. away game. Yeah. It's nil nil. Imagine if we had had Mola Luckman on the bench. Yeah. Just to bring on instead of trying to bring a defender on to shore it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I just think he, he could have he could have got much more opportunities. Well, as, as the clubs and we've said talked about this many times, the clubs poor transfer strategy in the uh, summer effectively forced this because there's another player very very similar um, to Lukman who hasn't even been mentioned. Uh, this Nikola Vlasic who again made a bright you know, impression when he first arrived and then just hasn't been used since. Is that because you know, we stockpiled you know, so young wingers, we didn't buy any left-backs, you know, the, the whole strategy was flawed. Yeah. Players like though, Adam Oda-Luckman and Nicola Vassar suffering because of that. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it, seems, it seems absolutely bizarre in 
2018 when you've got a director of football and supposedly a planned transfer strategy yeah. you basically sign a player because he played against you in a, uh, a Europa <laughs> League um, <laughs> qualifying match <coughs> oh he, he looks decent I mean a lot of people who were handled it with Paul Wilkinson yeah. that worked out right um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, a lot of people said at the time they didn't actually remember him doing much in the game against Everton, but obviously yeah. they spotted something yeah. there. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it does seem ra- ra- rather odd that, like you say, the huge discrepancies there in that, as we all know, there was no centre forward signed in the summer, no left back signed in the summer. In many ways, that was more glaring than the centre forward issue because, I mean, yeah. they had Sandro Ramirez and they weren't to know that he wouldn't come good. So, so not bringing a left back, and then, like you say, all the all these young wingers and then not utilising them. But the thing with with Luckman was again it's player power. Yeah. I think Sam wanted to keep hold of him or possibly send him somewhere else in the championship. But Correct. the player himself yeah. pushed for, for that move to to Leipzig. Yeah. yeah, you can't do much, I suppose, when a player does that. Well, there are lots and lots of players out on loan at the moment, and the one who I think is a real interesting case in point because apparently he's hit the ground running where he's gone and he's getting rave reviews, uh, as, as he should do because he's a regular senior international for his country, Mo Besic, and now absolutely terrorised by injuries uh, during his time at Goodison. And, you know, disciplinary-wise as well, he has his moments, you know, so he throws in a, a reducer a bit once too often. Um, but there's clearly a player there, you know, that performance in the first leg of the League Cup semi-final against Man City, you know, underlined what a good player he is. Uh, but you know injuries affected his time there but it seems like he's rediscovering uh, a vein of form and a run of fitness up at Middlesbrough at the moment Um, should Everson recall him should Everson be offering him you know further game time next season or have we seen the best can we not take a chance on him and allow him to join Middlesbrough permanently it's an interesting debate like I've spoken a lot to Jonathan Taylor up at the up at the Middlesbrough Gazette over the last few weeks and you know he's been (laughs) <laughs> absolutely raving about Bessage he's yeah. like, well, why have you why have you let him go yeah. and I think you mentioned that semi-final but that that was about as, as good as it got it was really. a standout, yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. with injuries and with us signing other players in that position like, he just he just wasn't getting he just wasn't getting the game time yeah, yeah. Like, and I think that's probably what that loan move was all about getting that game time yeah. let's see let's see what he can do again and I, th- I think it's probably the worst possible thing for us that he's playing so well yeah. because it, it does bring up a debate like could, could we? Could well at a time when Schneidlin is stinking the gaff out and you know so other players aren't you know really impressing I mean we're using Wayne Rooney in a holding role at the moment so. That's it. I think we saw the, we saw the impact of James McCarthy you know for those couple of games yeah, that yeah. he came back he looked really solid in that central midfield position. It looked like we needed someone with his kind of engine. Yeah. And Besic definitely has that. I, I wouldn't be opposed to keeping him. Yeah. Definitely. He's not for me. I think he's had his chance. Um, yeah. I think if, if, if it's a contradiction in terms. He's a Martinez hard man, wasn't he? Which just seems a bit bizarre. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you know, to start a player, he, you know, he. Throw a tackle in, shake a fist, and get the crowd up for it. And yeah. you know, obviously, the Everton crowd like that, but you do need a bit more than that. Yeah. And we talked about maybe Idrissa Gay's limit, limitations, but I think uh, Bess achieve even more. So, yeah. so I'd, I'd argue it's actually a good thing that. It, and okay, 
there's a temptation that you bring him back because he does so well for Middlesbrough but I'd just say yeah get him out there doing well for Middlesbrough and then get a bit more and get a fee him. for him yeah, in the summer. <laughs> yeah. spoken like a true yeah. financier <laughs> right okay I mean one today that we've uh, written a story about uh, is the deliciously talented Kieran Dowell man with an absolutely delightful <laughs> left foot Lo- love watching him play football as did Nottingham Forest fans to begin with and then they seem to fall out of love with him very quickly um, Kenny Burns that uh, you know sort of paragon of virtue was saying how he needs to start putting his foot in a bit more and start uh, <laughs> getting down and dirty I think he said but equally he said he'd love to see him back at the City Ground next season uh, doesn't think he's going to get into the Everton team therefore Nottingham Forest might benefit from keeping him for another season and I think Darwin himself has said that he's open to the possibility uh, you know, of a move like that I'm not so sure, you know, so I, I like him a lot and I think he's got that little bit of creativity that, you know, so maybe we haven't had on occasions this season. Um, Kieran Dowell, ready for the Premier League yet or still too soon? There's another season in the Championship? I, I, I don't personally see how we would have got regular game time yeah. in, in, in this team. I think, I think the loan move absolutely made sense to me. Yeah. And Look, the player, the player knows himself. Like if he's if he's open to another loan move, then it smacks to me that he knows that he's still got a yeah. lot to learn. Yeah, and it also can, smacks can, that the football club hasn't got anybody keeping an eye on buddy loan players. Well, up until about a week ago, when Martin Dobson was given the role. So, well, well, that's it. Like, that's another argument. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure he would. Like, let's say, let's say he's not getting into our team. And let's say he's playing for the under twenty threes. Is that really helping him? Yeah. I'm I'm not sure. I think maybe maybe a short term loan, maybe somewhere yeah. until January, and see see what happens. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to sending him out on loan again. Definitely yeah. shouldn't be thinking of selling him. Yeah. Let's, let's let's say that much. Yeah. Sure, it's fallen victim. I need to. I I just want to swipe up. Is it not swipe up? Karanka is quite I think regimented in the way he plays, and that's probably not. Um, Help Dahl. Um, it's, it's just like as as Dave mentioned, it's, it's terrifically talented player. They're lovely, lovely to watch. But whether that's enough at this stage for Everton first team squad, I've still, I've still got me doubts. Yeah. Right. So good, okay. Well, this is like a special podcast to fill the international breach. I'm uh, talking about players we should keep ourselves, and we're going to finish by discussing the goalkeeping situation because uh, obviously Jordan Pickford. As the next England goalkeeper elect, you know, so he's going to go to the World Cup, and uh, we like him. We all think he's a he's a talent, you know. So it could become, you know, so an Everton goalkeeper for years and years to come. But he needs backup. He needs somebody to push him, somebody to you know provide cover if and when he's not available. Joel Robles has been in that position for many years now, and there's suggestions he could go back to Spain. Martin Stecklenberg has missed a lot of the season through injury, and uh, you know, so he's not been around. Um, do we need another backup goalkeeper of some quality to, to help push Pickford on, or are those two one of those two the right men to stay at the club? Yeah, I think absolutely, we probably will need need someone else to, to come in. He, as you say, reports in Spain are suggesting that he's going to m- move back there. Yeah. Robles, uh, he's, he's out of contract in the summer. Doesn't doesn't look like there's yeah. one on the horizon. Is he being harshly dealt with? Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Like, there were there were. A, was a period of like a year or so maybe where he looked like he was pushing Tim Howard very hard well I, I would argue he was playing better than Tim Howard for that oh, three or four month spell you know. he, should, he should have yeah. came in a lot sooner than he did yeah. he didn't uh, then 
the next season came along Martin Stecklenberg came in yeah. he was obviously favoured by Ronald Koeman for yeah. one reason or the other and then he Robles seemed to win that fight yeah. coming to the end of the season mm-hmm. and then Jordan Pickford's come in and walked straight into the team quite rightly so but yeah. the, you, if you were him you'd be thinking what do I, what do I have to do here like, how, how do I get more game time sure. so I think in his head he's probably thinking that he needs to move on but that leaves us then with just Pickford and Stecklenberg and mm. Stecklenberg with only a year left on his contract is he going to be good enough to push Pickford sure. I, I don't really think so I think we need a younger keeper to come in to really challenge for that number one spot I, I don't agree with you yeah. I mean your thoughts Chris you, yeah, like I said Joel when he first came in I was unconvinced I didn't fancy him at all but I thought he did get better to be fair to him over those years that he was at the, the club and like you said almost to a point where he was almost de facto number one before Pickford came in but you never yeah. thought over a long term period he's going to be quite good enough for what Everton wanted yeah. from a, a regular number one goalkeeper so for his own sake you know, what is he now a late 20s he, he, wants, yeah. he needs to be playing somewhere somewhere regularly hopefully he gets somewhere possibly back in the league playing regularly but the question is that who, who do you get to challenge Pickford because Stecklenberg been an excellent keeper himself this time played in a World Cup final we've got to remember but yeah. obviously very much in the autumn years of his career now will yeah. he have the appetite to push Pickford probably not so you you do need a, a, another young goalkeeper but it, it, who, who do you get because hopefully if Pickford's still going to be at Goodison Park as, as number one next season you, you're not going to have much uh, chance of playing not it's just going to be time. league, league yeah. cup ties whatever so it would very much be you know you say they're going to push them but it would very much be an understudy role and it is weird I mean you know, number two goalkeeping position is like one of the you know strange roles in football um, you've always got to be ready you've always got yeah. to be absolutely on your game but you know that your opportunities uh, to play are going to be so few and far between uh, I, I think that Pickford is an absolute diamond that could become you know, so a great Everton goalkeeper but clearly there are parts of his game that need attention you know, he's not faultless you know, he's made a couple of errors this season but you know, shot stopping is par excellence and he needs somebody to push him he needs a youngster in there. and you know, it's identifying that player you know, so to bring in and to push each other on the training pitch I think is going to be absolutely crucial so I take it from that that we're both saying Rob Les and Stecklenberg are both out of here this summer well, I think Robles will go only yeah, on his contract expire. Um, yeah. Stecklenberg, if we can buy somebody younger and uh, yeah. yeah, another yeah, swipe right then. In, in keeping with this entire podcast. <laughs> right, well, that was, uh, like I say, a special international break. We'll be back uh, at the end of the week to preview the proper stuff. Uh, Emerson playing Manchester City on Saturday tea time. And uh, we'll be back to discuss and preview that game. But for now, thanks for listening. Chance for Rooney!